Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this very basement, which contains fairy lights made of actual undead fairies, a cursed statue of an ancient god from outer space, and a living crash test dummy. I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest thing that happened to us this week. Uh, what happened to you outside of the scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? Well, Roxy, I was um, meeting a friend the other day for uh, a little, little business talk, little get-together, hangout. Okay. And he like asked me to give him a ride to the liquor store so okay. that he could buy uh-huh. one cigarette. A single, not like a pack of cigarettes, one singular a cigarette. single cigarette. I'm he threw sure away, he, he bought the pack. <laughs> okay. Then, uh, smoked the one cigarette and threw the pack away. But then, Roxy, as I was leaving, he went out to the trash, pulled out the pack, and had a second cigarette. I'll tell you why this is so scary. Okay. I'm just worried my friend is going to start smoking at like 39. Yeah, that sounds not great. That's That was my fear as well. That's very terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Especially because it seems like he was setting limits for himself and he immediately broke them. Immediately broke them. I Here's here's my philosophy on smoking. Uh, I love smoking while I'm drinking. It's it like, Really? Yeah, it like makes you like kind of dizzy in this fun way. So if you have a, if you're really drunk and have I've never known that about you before. Uh, We've gotten don't... drunk together or at least I've witnessed you getting drunk in front of me many times. Sure. But there was never cigarettes involved. It's not a craving. You know what I mean? It's not like something you need to do. It's just like if you're at a party okay. and everybody's drinking and, and somebody has cigarettes, you're like, hey, can I get one of those? And you're like, yeah. But okay. I every day the next morning <laughs> when I smoke at a party, uh-huh. I want to smoke the next day. But I know oh, no, that I have to start drinking again to have a cigarette. So it's like I only smoke when I drink. And so, like, since it resets in the morning, I just like, well, if I have two drinks, I can smoke a cigarette again. But I'm not going to drink in the morning because I'm not a psychopath. So I just don't smoke. Okay. Okay. But your friend doesn't have that kind of uh, system in place, I see. No. He he hung out with some folks. He had a couple of smokes with the drinks. And it's all spiraling. So that's scary. Next time, do not give him a ride then. Be like, how about we get you some gum? I'm buying <laughs> gum is a little The treat. problem is, I don't think, I literally don't think they sell gum anywhere that doesn't also sell cigarettes. Well, I mean, you just don't let him go out of the car, tell him to sit in the car. I don't know. He's, He's an adult. He put do. on the child locks. Put on the child locks, and then you go and get him some gum, and then you come back. I'm going to tie him up like I'm a snidely whiplash villain, and I'm going to uh, keep him from ever enjoying anything that is unhealthy for him again. Tell him you'll put him on the railroad tracks. <laughs> I'll also kill him. <laughs> Roxy, what was the scariest thing that happened to you this week? The scariest thing that happened to me was just alarms. Alarms, Mikey. <laughs> my what my phone mean? alarm to wake me up in the morning. I hate the sound of it so much. It fills me with so much dread and anger. I hate the sound of the alarm on my stove, even though it's like telling me it's preheated or that my food is done. The sound of it is just so annoying. I hate the sound of my car alarm. I hate the sound of my neighbor's car alarms. I feel like I've been inundated with a lot of alarms this week, and I don't like listening to them. Viscerally, it gives me a visceral reaction. What about the sound of the raptor alarm that you have set around your premises in case a raptor breaches the premises? I still hate that too, but it's useful at least, because then I know when to fight a raptor. But I still fucking hate the noise of it, sure. which is on you purpose, I guess, to set me on edge so I'm prepared to fight a raptor. So I guess that's a good thing. I don't have to like it. 
No, I'm sorry that's happening to you. That's so horrifying to just be chilling in your house. And then all of a sudden it's like, Raptor alert, Raptor alert, Raptor alert. Yeah. Which is how it goes, right? Yeah, you'd think after they, like, electrify themselves in the electric fence that is around the compound in which I live, they would have gotten the message. But, you know, every now and then they will break through the barricade and then I got to fight a raptor or two or three. Roxy, I'm so sorry that just your yard was recently transplanted back in time. Yeah, we had this whole thing where uh, we went back to the Jurassic era. I won't bore you guys with it, though. Anyhow, here he is, stomping on over the demon bot. What's what's he got to say today? Demon bot. Mikey and Roxy, this week you were assigned the 2015 film The Hallow, directed by Corin Hardy and starring Joseph Maul, Boyana Novakovic, and Michael McElhatton. Did you watch the film, or are your souls forfeit? I did watch it, Roxy. Did you? Yes, I also watched The Hollow. Then you may keep your souls. We did it, Rox. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah. Roxy, for anybody who didn't watch The Hollow, what do you say we go and do a quick plot recap? Okay, let's do it. All right, we open with plant conservationists that- For now. He did he got, it again! He got it. He, fucking... he got us. <laughs> I thought we were home clear. <laughs> Good one, Demon Bot. Okay, here Keeping it goes. Keeping us for real. on our toes. Okay, plot recap time. Let's do it. We open with plant conservationist Adam with his infant son Finn strapped to his back, traipsing about a large Irish forest for work, taking tree samples for logging. Adam finds some strange fungus on an animal corpse and takes a sample before returning home. While he's out, his wife Claire meets a local who warns her away from the home the new couple has just moved into. He tells them to leave if they know what's good for them. In the evening, there's a break-in, and baby Finn's room is shattered. What? No, okay, excuse me, let me re-say that. <laughs> Made no sense. Uh, in the evening, there's a break-in, and baby Finn's window is shattered. The couple is convinced it is the angry neighbor column. They call the cops, and the cop arrives, singular cop, and tells them that he's also a Brit that's been transplanted to Ireland for work. He tells them that the people here in this town are superstitious. They think the forest in- is inhabited by things called the Hollow. Creatures like fairies, banshees, and baby stealers. The couple thinks this is silly, yet after the cop leaves, Adam sees movement in the woods. The flash of his camera illuminating a creature. Or was it just a trick of the light? Oh, 100% it was a creature in those woods. Maybe even more than one. However, the next day they pretend like it was nothing. Claire is removing the iron bars from the house's windows, and Adam goes into town for supplies with baby Finn. The townsfolk give Adam dirty looks, and it's clear that he and his family are unwanted. While Adam is out, neighbor Colm visits again, giving Claire an old book of fairy tales and again warning her to leave. On their way home, Adam's car breaks down because this gross, goopy fungus stuff has infested his car engine somehow. He is then attacked and shoved into the trunk of his car. Hours later, when he manages to escape with Finn, he leaves the car that is somehow riddled with giant claw marks. Once Adam and Finn get home, they call the cops and Adam finds a shotgun. Then the power goes out. Drat. In the darkness, the house is ransacked and strange residue is left behind. No longer feeling safe in their own home, the family decides to flee in their car, only to be surrounded by the creatures, a horde even. The family manages to get the car working in time, but are only able to flee a short distance before crashing and being forced to flee back to their unsafe home. Adam stares out the keyhole to the front door and is stabbed in the eye by a creature. Yikes! 
They then put the clues together that the creatures are afraid of light, and Adam goes to the generator while Claire takes Finn to the attic and is nearly stabbed in the eye by a creature, too. The generator starts and the creatures run away, but only as long as the generator holds. The family reads the fairy tale book that tells them the creatures want Finn and that they fear both light and iron. Uh, two weaknesses? Pick one, buddy. <laughs> to Adam's horror, he realizes that both iron and light are now affecting him. He is slowly turning into a creature, but he still wants to protect his family. So they barricade the house. However, the creatures attack in force, kidnapping Finn, breaking Adam's leg, and causing Claire to run into the forest alone to save her baby son. However, even though Claire is convinced she has been able to save Finn, Adam tells her that that baby she's brought back must be a changeling. Adam's mutations are becoming worse, and Claire is terrified. She stabs her husband and flees with Finn. She goes to neighbor Colum's house, who tells her that he won't let her in, and that the Hollow took his daughter. It's how he knows that these fairies are not to be messed with. This is why he also tried to warn the young family about the danger, and told them to leave. Adam sneaks into the Hollow's nest. He knows that the real Finn is here somewhere. He finds him and saves his son, but not before his transformation progresses further. Adam hisses at the creature, and finds that he sounds just like them. Now, fighting the transformation which will make him one of the hollow and convince him to do their bidding, he refuses to succumb before saving his family. Adam goes out and finds Claire with that changeling baby, the liar, and gives her the real baby Finn, knowing that he can no longer be saved, he being Adam. Finally, Adam sacrifices his life to give Claire and baby Finn more time to escape as a creature kills him. Claire chooses to believe Adam in his final moments and switches the babies. She runs through the forest as daylight approaches. The changeling baby is destroyed by the sun, and a shaken and terrified Claire knows that she made the right choice as the sun rises. She breaks down over the loss of Adam and the relief that she had in date saved Finn. Sometime later, the logging company that Adam was working for has finished their survey. They cut down trees from the accursed forest. Could man have triumphed over the forest and its nocturnal fairies? The camera zooms in to show us that the fungus substance that the Hallow used to transform their victims is on the logs being taken out of the forest. Looks like mankind didn't win this round. And Roxy, that is The Hallow. That's The Hallow. Creepy movie. Right? <laughs> that scared me. Very spooky with some very cool effects. Can I tell you a thing that I... I mean, I like this movie a lot. I'll just say that. Uh, something that always bums me out in a horror movie early on mm. is when we have a small cast. Okay. Very few people can be killed. When we just got a mom, dad, and son, it's like, I need like nine teenagers <laughs> so that we can have between six and seven deaths. <laughs> like, you just need like a scream movie every time. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Was it Kev uh, Williamson? Kevin Williamson, is he the writer? Mm -hmm. Kevin Williamson movie. Horror movie every time. <laughs> Just because it does lower the stakes a little bit knowing that, like, if they're going to kill one of these three primary characters, it's not going to happen until the end. I mean, I, I think this movie does a pretty good job of subverting that. Like, I think what's kind of upsetting about this movie is the dread that we're feeling as Adam very clearly succumbs, like, early on. Like, this is- Yeah. A, most of this movie is, like, the- the the point in a zombie movie after the bite. You know what I mean? Like you Yeah, are, it's kind of halfway it's through. Done. He is suffering from this thing and also not telling his wife. The minute he gets stabbed in the eye, that's it for him. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we didn't really touch on this a lot in the summary, but like the fungus that he finds, he likens it to cordyceps. 
Mm. which is like a parasitic fungus that takes control of the host. Uh, most of the time ants, but other creatures, other like bugs too. Right. We get a, a fun little scene where he like looks at the black substance under a microscope and we see it like <laughs> like a, a molecule attack another yeah, molecule. Yeah, like stabbing the healthy. Yeah, the other cell. <laughs> Very lame, actually, later in the movie when, like, as he's transforming, they, like, keep cutting to that molecule doing the stabbing of the yeah, other molecule. Yeah, it's like it's his like, blood or something is being transformed at an atomic level. They're doing, like, these sort of jump cut things mm-hmm. to make it feel more violent as it's taking him over, I guess. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah, it doesn't work every time. They could have maybe toned it down a little bit. But, yeah. like, the prosthetics and body horror stuff that they got into it, it's it's very terrifying, the idea of your body changing in this horrific way that you can do nothing to stop it. And then, like, your mind itself, too, being corrupted by it, where he has to fight the Hollow telling him, you know, let the other creatures take his son. <laughs> so he's fighting both, like, his body and his mind, while also not exactly tell- communicating to his wife what happened. <laughs> Roxy, you want to talk about bodies transforming in ways that you feel like you have no control over. Okay. I just feel real, real chubby lately. You know, I wouldn't say that's quite as dramatic as uh, what happens when a hollow creature stabs you in the eye. But uh, me and Adam are both looking in the mirror and we're upset by uh-huh. what we see. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's a one to one. Pretty close. There is a, a moment early on in this movie where the parents have put their baby to sleep and then there's just like a window breaking mm-hmm. like up in the baby's room and we we later put together that that is the creatures coming to steal the baby but like even if it's not that's like one of the more upsetting scenes i've watched in a film yeah i think also when they call the cop to check it out and then that's when we see the first creatures when adam is using his camera to like light up the yard Mm -hmm. i don't think i can't remember if he even sees the first creature or like he does but he's not sure if he really saw it so he like Mm -hmm. keeps snapping pictures a couple more times and then is chooses to be like that's something i can't explain i need to get out of here but then also i won't acknowledge it exists because it's too terrifying to acknowledge mm-hmm. that that exists yeah i think it's one of those it has like, to be our angry neighbor just chucking a rock through our yard it has to be that he um uh, re- remind me does the rock get chucked through the window before or after he takes the picture of the monster uh i'm pretty sure it's after because that's when they're checking the premises to be like well, it came from somewhere. Where did the neighbor come from? Mm. That's right. He was taking photos of the damage so he could prove this is what happened to the damage right. of like the okay. window. But it's like also checking outside to see if anything else happened. And it's when the dog, there's a dog in this movie. I forgot we didn't even talk about the dog. No. Bad times for the dog, dog is like barking. Yeah, it's not great what happens to the poor dog. But the dog like wants to protect the family too. And so notices there's something out there is barking at it and like goes off into the woods after it. <laughs> there is a, a sense that I have about dogs in movies. If it's a horror movie specifically. That they should never get hurt. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. Okay. It's, not, it's never fun to witness. This is potentially a psychopath thing. This is potentially a fucked up thing I'm about to say. Oh no, okay. I'm Much rather myself. something get ha- happens to the baby than the dog. Hmm. The dog I mean, is very cute and nice and the baby I'm just like, I don't know. Try again. <laughs> oh my god okay yeah 110% that's a psychopath answer Mikey uh, I think is the dog also the dog and the baby exist on like the same sort of innocence level where it's like they have no control over their situation that they're being put into well you can't pet a baby I mean yeah 
That's true. So what do we need it for? <laughs> what, are you, what are you bringing? Too young to get a job? Too uh, dry to be pet? I don't know. Thumbs down on a baby. I mean, that baby's going to cost you money, too. Dude. N- never mind getting a job. A it will. It costs you to have a job. <laughs> most opposite. Most people who live in my home provide. <laughs> <laughs> Even the dog. What is the dog doing to earn its keep? Uh, well, the dog mushes on weekends. Oh, okay. It's a sled dog. Gotcha. Yeah, he goes d- up to the north. Even though, pole. even though your dog is a Chihuahua, Mike, he is a really strong Chihuahua. He's not good at it. Okay, he's, he's clearly trying, been I guess. Uh, miscast. He's uh, clocking and he's getting a paycheck. That's all that matters, I guess. <laughs> I really like the moment in this movie where uh, the what, what was his name? The the scary neighbor, Colm. 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 Like yeah. a like a like Colum. a column that supports a house in the basement. Yeah, that's how okay. you pronounce it. He like pops over to give them the book of proof. Yeah, <laughs> he just has this ancient tome. I no no mention of where he got it or anything. Uh-huh. He's just like here, and he's also being so creepy about it. Where he's probably just trying to be serious to be effective at warning these people about it, but instead it just makes it look like he is harassing them. Right. It's it's such so, a like PR thing, right? Like it, your message can be as beautiful as it as anything, but like if you're not saying it effectively, it's not going to resonate. Yeah, which I guess also if you just start off immediately being like there's monsters in the woods that are going to kill your child or take your child, that also wouldn't be taken seriously. So I don't know. It's difficult, I guess. Roxy, I am just realizing in the moment that this neighbor is Hillary Clinton. What? A great message delivered ineffectively (laughs) and ultimately rejected. I mean, eventually they read the book and they listen to him, but it's too late by that point. (laughs) Don't I know it? It was too late by our point, too. (laughs) There's also a thing, too, where you get to see his daughter, like, transform. She is living with the Hollow. Like, the Hollow are trying to replicate, or not replicate, replenish their numbers by literally corrupting humans to bring them into the Mm -hmm. fold. And so that begs the question, too, is, are all of the creatures who are, like, Hollow, were they once human? We don't know. I remember this distinction on, like, Game of Thrones, that they had, like, there were, like, the White Walkers, which were, like, a sub-creature. Okay. And then there were the Whites, which were humans turned into, like, that joined their army. And I, okay. that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in this in this sense. Like, there might be hollow creatures, and then there might be people who have been infected with the hollow. Yeah, which I, I assumed it was, like, a little bit of both. Like, they're their own weird creatures. But then again, it could also just be that it's literally the like the cordyceps type fungus like the weird Mm -hmm. black ooze is actually what they are and then they just corrupt everything around them and it's just a question of how long it has to deteriorate you because we see like adam transforming over the course of the last half of the movie and then Mm -hmm. we see i think it's clara is the daughter clara maybe uh who is column's daughter who was taken years ago she's pretty messed up but she still has hair she still has her old clothes from that time you can tell that she used to be human, even though her face is extremely fucked up. Yeah. And messed up looking. So it's like it could take a long time or just, you know, if you're transformed into a, from a human, like you're going to vaguely resemble it to some extent, too. That makes me think that there are hollow creatures and there are people who have been turned into hollow and that there are not that many people that have yeah. been turned into hollows. Because the only one that we saw was sense. the the daughter and mm. of course they want Finn. He's a healthy, stout boy, but yeah, Changeling's got to. They're gonna hate having him because he is gonna take 
a lot of money to raise. <laughs> and you can't get a job for quite some time, so <laughs> you can be out of luck. Uh, I do want to talk about, like, we talked about how the special effects in this movie are pretty good. There are mm -hmm. a lot of practical effects. And in particular, when the changeling baby dies and its, mm. like, face unfolds like a flower and there's, like, a skull in the middle of it. Yeah. That was, like, the best part. It was so good and so creepy it's very good imagery and i want to know who came up with that concept it's very good it was the actor who played adam oh of course okay there a plus for that guy he's doing his acting job and concept work well they were originally creatures. just gonna light a doll on fire and he was like oh, okay. hey what if it was like okay you know how sometimes a flower uh blossoms and wilts and they're like hey good job adam because he this is he, the forest so yeah he made them call him Adam on set. Oh, okay. He's uh, so. method acting, I see. He wore the prosthesis all the time, you know. They hissed at people in between takes. Yeah, he really got poked in the eye. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene that is one of my favorite, like, as a, as a story structure-brained person that okay. was so, like, had to have been intentional. It was so smart and so cool. So uh, we, we've gotten a couple hints of the creatures up until this point, but then we get this really good sequence where Adam is driving and his car is stalling out. And he, that's when he checks the hood and notices that- All that goop. Black goop in the hood. And then he, he goes to the trunk. And all the while, baby Finn is still strapped in the back. Yes, and, and like Adam, crying. <laughs> very, again, very stressful. Like baby stuff is stressful because it's like- Oh, yeah. You want to keep these babies safe. I've made a lot of jokes about how uh, obnoxious babies are. I want to keep them safe. Yeah, there's something about like the pitch and a baby scream or something that just activates, you know, humans on a primal level to oh, be that, like, that I feels need to do something about that. Yeah. yeah, I need to do something about that. That means something is wrong. But so my moment that I loved so, so much in this movie. So uh, Adam gets like clunked in the on the trunk. Like he's like reaching yeah. into the trunk and they like clunk him. Uh, with the, the trunk handle, and then push him in the trunk. Yeah. And so he wakes up in the trunk, and the baby is screaming in the car. Uh-huh. And he fights through the back seat, like he rips apart the back yes, seat. And yeah. climbs through. From a story perspective, that is literally him being birthed into a new world. Like, it looks like him coming out of the vaginal canal and emerging <laughs> into the world. Uh-huh. But, like... For this character to have gone from one world where, like, you know, our world, where we understand what's happening, yeah, and you buy a house sense, and you're safe. Reality. And then he is coming into a new world where he is fighting creatures. I just thought that was so cool and such, like, a, a really interesting visual way to show your character crossing a threshold into adventure, as Joseph Campbell would put it. My favorite shot of the movie, I got it, I wrote it down, and then I circled it. How cool. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's It's very good, especially because, like... The editing and the sound design in that scene, he's so desperate mm -hmm. the way he is clawing at it because he's literally ripping up like the foam to get from the trunk yeah. into the back seat while the baby's screaming and the trucks or the car is being like jostled around. Once he gets the baby out, you see that the car has been slashed like by giant claws. And yeah. Like, what did that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. There is something about like putting your character in a in such a desperate unwinnable situation and then mm -hmm. you still have to like find a good writerly or filmic way to show them getting out of that desperate situation and i think this is just such a beautiful example of because you're right he is so desperate he is ripping through the foam i think this movie does a great job of 
making us feel like just through like filmic language how desperate this situation is so much of the like yeah the darkness and the like the the moments when adam is like struggling to get the generator up and going again it's yeah, so like, while he's he's like succumbing to parts of it too like the uh the creature yeah. or the hollow like that is infecting him is basically trying to slow down him turning on the generator because that would interfere with things so he's yeah. like fighting himself <laughs> and lot, then also yeah. realizing what he's becoming <laughs> it's uh poor guy being attacked on all fronts yeah and then you have the wife too who has to slowly realize oh yeah i can't trust my husband before she is on board with it being like oh that is a changeling that's not my son you know from her perspective it just looks like he is trying to kill our child now mm-hmm. he has lost it i don't know what's happening to him but i can't trust him now either yeah that's another thing that's kind of interesting about this movie, and I don't know, I guess kind of gets us into this big idea. This mm. fear, like, the, I would say that the narrator, or the the protagonist of this movie shifts, probably once Adam gets poked in the eye, from Adam to Claire, to his wife. Yeah, I'd say And so. it starts to become this movie about, like, I, I think I think there's very much this tension about, like, I don't know, I think about nature and nurture a lot with babies, obviously. Okay. This idea that, like, you know, you would have this kid and you, and they have some inherent nature, but then, like, their your environment is going to affect them. And uh-huh. I think what's initially scary about, like, the Adam half of this movie is that you have brought your baby to an environment that is going to change them. <laughs> it is, yeah. That is pretty literal. But then, like, once it shifts, it starts to get into this, like, even the your co-parent, even this person that is equally in charge of raising this child they uh, can change the baby into something you don't want the baby to be also like that's very terrifying that you uh, Mm. i mean we talk about this so much you don't know your husband you don't know your spouse and how terrifying that idea can be and this movie i think in a way that like more makes sense to me than muddies it it kind of dances back and forth between like adam is both becoming this horrible monster and retaining himself like he is fighting to retain himself but like the idea that he is the main threat for at least big chunks of this movie or at least you think he could be like you don't know what the resolution of that's gonna be like Mm -hmm. ultimately he doesn't do any harm to his family whatsoever like what he says is like i would never harm you he actually never does but there is that threat that you don't know what he's capable of when he's being transformed because you know he's not going to be himself eventually. Yeah. And I think another big point in the movie, I guess part of the big idea for me, was these characters came into this situation, they didn't mean to do any harm, but that doesn't mean that you won't cause harm. Mm. Like, they came into this situation, it was just a job, you know, he's just marking some trees to be knocked down either because they're not healthy or whatever, he's gauging the land that has been bought by his employer and like that's why the townspeople hate him so much initially is because he's he's a brit coming into ireland coming to literally deforest and take <laughs> over their land which is not great and then even more so then there's the creatures in there too and like the townspeople i'm sure especially the neighbor know to some extent like yeah these people are just cogs in the machine they don't mean to harm us but they are harming us Mm-hmm. So I'll do what little I can, I guess. But ultimately, it's up to them to either listen or pay the price, I guess, for not respecting boundaries. Well, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, I feel like the the only sin committed by a person in this movie, like the the creatures are just creatures. They're just doing what yeah. the, it takes to survive. 
they're in their zone, they're in their space, and you came into their space, so yeah. that's why they come into yours. But, like, the only mistake a character makes is Adam by not fully engaging with the local community. Yeah, like, he even tells his wife, like, after the neighbor column comes and, like, threatens them, essentially, like, you don't know he's trying to help them, but the wife is, like, again, he came in in a very threatening way to be like, you need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. So she tells him twice because she is alone in the house when this guy shows up and her husband isn't there and she's like, you need to talk to him. And he's like, oh yeah, I will. And then never does. Like he, he has an opportunity to when he like passes him on the road, but he's like intimidated or I think maybe they have a gun because they were out hunting and he was like, I'm actually not going to talk to him right (laughs) now. I'll do it later. Which I guess if he's got a gun... And could be angry, I would be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't either. But at the same time, him choosing to never confront and talk to those guys is ultimately like part of their downfall because he chooses to stay apart from them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the lesson of this movie is like, wherever you move, go get a beer with your neighbors. I get, yeah, you should be open to under. Or as this movie would call it a pint. You should be wanting to understand the place that you are going to. Like you are coming into somebody else's space. That will hopefully eventually be your space too, but it's not yet. Like you have to understand where you are at and respect that place. A bit of an arrogance to Adam as we're again as we're talking about this, like realizing like he's just like, well, I'm just doing my job. It's like well, that's not really an excuse. Like you're still kind of doing this, and also to do your job in a place where you live like feels crummy. Like, and, and I think that's kind of why he yeah. ends up like he is part of the suckiness of that place and why it kind of thematically makes sense for him to become one of these creatures because he is the one, if if the fear initially is that you are bringing your child to a place that is, a, a, for lack of a better term, a toxic environment, mm-hmm. Adam himself played a role in making that environment toxic. Yeah, and you can also see with the way the wife literally takes the iron bars off of the windows. So, like, those iron bars are there to protect against the creatures in the forest because they don't like iron. So, mm-hmm. literally, this protective barrier that had been put up by the people who came before them, they don't understand it. They don't know why it's there. And they just take it down so callously without realizing they have kind of doomed mm-hmm. themselves in doing yeah. so. And even, like, the neighbor says, you need to put those back up on the windows She's just like, what? That's weird. Because yes, out of context, that is weird. But it's also Mm -hmm. because you didn't take a chance to like try and get to understand like, well, why? She didn't think to ask, why do you think I should? (laughs) He's like, here's this book. Go read this entire book and believe it. And then you'll know. (laughs) It is funny to move into a new neighborhood and have your creepiest neighbor come and be like, here's an illustrated tome about our legends. (laughs) (laughs) Also, maybe you should leave. Get the fuck out of here. The idea that this movie is in one way or another saying sit down and read the book <laughs> like it's on you to dig through this pen and ink book that uh, about changelings well i think there's also like a very complicated history especially with england in particular like coming and mm-hmm. taking over land you know a little bit of colonialism th- right yeah like 110 percent, especially with what ireland has been dealing with for i don't know how long but a very fucking long time their relationship with england not the greatest i mean america where we live was <laughs> a product of colonialism and so i think it's also saying something about that too where it's just kind of like you, you can sort of just leave things as they naturally are to do their own thing you don't have to keep trying to push where you're not wanted or don't yeah. belong like this place was fine before you came here And now since you cut down those trees and you're going to take them to your civilization, 
you're gonna fuck yourselves, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, that, that part normally doesn't happen. There's normally never, like, retribution for when stuff like that happens. Mm. So I guess in a way it's kind of like the forest doing what it can to fight back for being destroyed in this way. What What I would almost kind of push back on that a little bit is that to me it's less about like leave things as they are and uh, it almost feels like contextually well, more like respect how they are ex- exactly guess. yeah it's like they're in context these people are very welcoming yeah <laughs> they're, yeah they're like hey put your iron bars up here's your book like like when you have been terrorized by this creature for so long and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have new people in like they are giving them the tools to survive. You know, we were making fun of how badly they delivered their message. But again, yeah. like terror <laughs> makes it so it's a challenge to deliver your message anyway. Mm-hmm. They're actually being really good hosts to these people. As I'm talking about it, uh, Colin well, is the their good one guy neighbor is, yeah. Yeah. God bless him. And actually, when Adam brings the smashed window to the, like, hardware store guy. Like, you get a shot of a bunch of kids and other locals, which there aren't a bunch of them on the street, but they're, like, giving him the stink eye. Like, they obviously don't want him there. He goes into the hardware store. Those people obviously don't want him there either. They're Mm. acting very standoffish and, like, don't want to talk to him. But, like, the hardware store guy talks about the hollow. And maybe even he's the one that is, like, you need to to get your wife to put the iron bars back on the windows. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, silly, superstitious locals. Yes. I obviously know what I'm talking about. I live in the real world. I'm not even going to entertain this thought. Which is literally the thoughts of colonialists. Yeah, where they they're going to think they know better. They're they're bringing their <laughs> civilization to you. Shouldn't you be thankful for it? Uh, <laughs> actually no, fuck off, please. The answer is actually no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Roxy, I've got a question for you. Okay. What, what is your question? Okay, Adam is coming into this neighborhood. He's destroying the forest. He's changing the neighborhood, really. How did your neighborhood that you grew up in change from when you were a kid to how it is now? Uh, okay, so I grew up for the majority of my childhood in Alaska, which, as you might imagine, does not have a lot of big highways. I don't think we even have a single overpass. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get Alaska one for your birthday, Roxy. Uh, I don't I'm know. Get Alaska an overpass. <laughs> I don't think that will help them when everything is covered in ice. But sure, go for it. Uh, and the reason why is because yeah, ice and snow is a big problem, and you need to be able to plow the roads. And like, if a car goes off into a ditch, you don't want them going off of a twenty foot overpass. You just mm. want them to go into a ditch. Uh, so it is safer okay, I'm, that way. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to get Alaska a Starbucks gift card for your birthday. Okay, I think they'll appreciate that more, Mikey. That's very thoughtful of you. So <laughs> what, what, what am I get, uh, giving a state? <laughs> what are we I mean, about? somebody in the office, this like Capitol building office, yeah. I'm sure will enjoy there's, it. There's just like a secretary, like Mayor Hill's office. And I'm like, uh, hey, where should I send the Starbucks gift card? She's like, to me, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. She's going to get herself a little uh, mocha bonbon drink. Little treat. I want that. Give this me is that a little too treat while you're at it. For old Sandy Duncan. That's her name is Sandy Duncan. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, but so there there wasn't like a lot of highways and stuff. There's like maybe two or three highways and one of them was like barely you could even call it a highway, you know, 55 miles an hour usually at max. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it was when I left for college. And then when I came back years later, like actually for a friend's wedding, I think is when I really noticed it. The whole back neighborhood close to my house had like been developed there was a huge thing that had access to the freeway now that had two or three roundabouts mysteriously 
It's like, okay, yeah, you want to deal with oh. roundabouts with ice and snow. And then oh, there's no. a target. It, like, leads to a target. So these cool. places that were, like, empty lots and just forest are now a highway with roundabouts and a target. And a Starbucks, Mikey. Cool. Okay, great. So there you go. It goes perfect with your gift. And but, Sandy uh, about- Duncan is there for an hour <laughs> a day. One. Yep. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you gave her a really generous gift card. What was that, like $500? You thought you were doing it for the whole state, so. <laughs> yeah, I got her a $500 Starbucks gift card. That's why she's there for an hour every day. <laughs> she gets such a big drink. She's like, I've got so much money, I have no choice. Might as well. But so how did uh, your neighborhood change from when you were a kid, Mikey? Well, okay, so the the neighborhood that I, I guess i'm going to talk about i had three major neighborhoods growing up but uh my parents okay. bought a house that we lived in for maybe six or seven years you know like the mm-hmm. fourth through tenth grade year maybe that was five gotcha years. who cares uh but it was like in yeah. a new development area right so that it was just like a big mm. barren field that they were slowly turning into a neighborhood and gotcha. we had this giant like wavy amber waves of grain style field oh that, like right next to our house and there's like this beaten down path that would go across this field to like there's like a medical center like a little a tiny little doctor's office uh okay. that had a gift shop so you could go there and buy candy from like uh uh 11 30 a.m to 1 p.m like it was never open okay. <laughs> at the worst hours oh no especially like if you're a kid it's like that's during the time when i'm in school i can't even exactly make use of this absolutely never a time when i could go buy candy but like that's where we would like go walk our dog and i i just remember like so many times my dog getting loose and like running through this field and just like freaking out because i was like i'm never gonna catch her and i remember like trying to catch her as she ran through this field it was really scary oh no Especially because if the dog is, like, not as tall as, like, shorter than the grass, then you won't be able to see. Exactly. That's what it was. She was, like, a, a black lab, but the grass was, like, pretty high. So she was, like, like you could kind of oh, see, no. like, rustling. <laughs> <laughs> but as they started to development, the, the big change that happened was okay. across from that doctor's office, Roxy, they put a 24-hour Bill's Superette, which is a little, generally, like, a little mini What is that? But Bill's oh, super, okay. But this one was like history's greatest Bill's Super. It was just this giant cavernous like Walmart of a gas station. Oh, okay. And we could get candy and hot chocolate whenever we wanted. And it was huge. It was, it was a 24-hour type of deal? Yeah. Oh, it was. We would okay. get caramellos at one in the morning. Who gives God, a shit? God, that reminds me of like Bucky's. I wonder if it's similar to Bucky's in Texas, which is like these giant gas stations shopping complex places hmm. it's pretty wild but so now it's kind of similar because it's like attached to a gas station you said right it's like a giant yes. mini-mart attached to a gas station okay but now uh they have developed the road that was like a dead end and led to that field they have developed that into a road that leads straight to the bill superette so the only difference is there's no field so my dog couldn't run loose and okay there's an easier path to bill superette that doesn't involve walking through a field and this was in minnesota so you'd have to trudge through snow sometimes to get. oh the yeah i got yeah you guys get snow just as bad as like we would get mm-hmm. in anchorage but i would say it's better now i mean Who you don't lose your dog and now you have like a straight path to snack town so that's a pretty st- good a straight path to snack town is going to be carved into my grave <laughs> <laughs> that'll be another thing okay you need to make an addendum for your gravestone that i have to make sure is 
to spec exactly how you want it. Yes, this is canon. Roxy, you are working into the puzzle. You line. are responsible for my gravestone. I am you yes. are my life insurance beneficiary. Uh so you're gonna get Ooh, every every bit of insurance I have. Beneficiary. Well, you have to pay for the tombstone. I'm not gonna make you take that out of your I own guess pocket. that's cr- that's true. I need to pay for all the mechanisms and resident evil like mm-hmm. puzzle elements that are going to be in but, place. Yes, I need I need my gravestone to have a puzzle that anyone could solve, but you know, like a a medium tier difficulty. Like I don't want it to be so hard yeah. that nobody solves it, but I also don't want it to be like they're either gonna get a magnum or some sort of gemstone that is gonna fit into the <laughs> eye socket of like a animal head in a wall of your grave <laughs> yes there you go yeah see i'll make it that okay we need to find someone who's going to be in charge of my grave because i guess we're deciding you're dying first i yep. guess you're like one year older than me two years maybe yeah so, well listen sure. roxy i'm i've got a one-way route to snack town so i'm definitely <laughs> gonna die first okay this is true Roxy, on a scale from one to nine, since the number 10 does not exist in the scary basement, how likely would you say the events of the Hallow are to happen in real life? So I said eight out of nine for for destroying natural boundaries and land for profit. That's true. That's fair. Literally happening right now. So that was kind of the angle I went for. But I docked off one point because uh, fairies aren't real. I feel like this is my answer for every single thing. It's like, capitalism is real, but not this monster. So eight (laughs) out of nine. That's always my answer, I guess. No, that's, I mean, that's the tenor at which horror movies are operating. I said two. All right, explain. I strongly believe the neighbors in this movie would either be much more helpful or much less helpful. Okay, that's also a good point. <laughs> I think their their medium tier of like we're helping you, but so ineffectively is like the the uncanny valley of not believable. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. That makes yeah. I, I think we're both correct. So we'll average it There's out. There's no correct answer. What am I saying? That it's just it's whatever it choose. Uh, five, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, five is the uh, five is the uh, median or mean number uh mathematicians please let me know okay so mikey we made a bet last week which was uh what minute of the movie in what minute of the movie does the first creature appear uh so mikey you said 30 minutes in i said 30 minutes is the perfect time to break into act two i said 21 minutes uh the answer mikey i think i might be psychic it is 22 minutes it was you were very close yeah one minute away. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually something I'm arguing with my writing partner right now. We're writing a movie together, oh. and I want the first act to be 30 pages, which me- would mean 30 minutes, and he wants it to be 25 minutes. And I'm like, you can do 30 page act one. And this movie is like, nope, we did a 22 page act one. Shut up. So oh. I'm going to call yeah. and concede tomorrow, and we're going to get a very short act one in the movie we're writing. Okay. Well, hopefully it'll be like the best short act one. It'll be the best. 22 mm. minutes, you said? 20, I, 23? I think act one is the best part of any movie, right? It's all mystery. You don't know what's going on. Anything could happen at any moment. All of a sudden, like, I, I mean, this movie, even specifically when we were making this bet, you were like, I want to say what minute mark does the first creature show up? And I have a little, like, what what is that, like, wavy uh, dash, like, teal day <laughs> before creature to indicate, like, mm. something like creature, because you didn't want yeah. to tell me what the creature was. So I was like watching it and I was just like kind of excited because it's just like, I don't know, it's a sense of yeah, adventure like that, that anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Because like the the more the movie goes on, the more it narrows down like what can possibly happen, I mm-hmm. guess. So like you lose that 
potential yeah. for anything to happen. It's a uh, it's Schrodinger's screenplay. Uh, sure. The that possibilities of what the movie correct. could be collapse under observation. Roxy, the total bet score thus far in our scary basement. Okay, run. yeah, Mikey's been keeping a tally. Adding your point, we are up to sixteen points for you, eleven All points right. for me, and one haunted tie. Ooh. Why would it be haunted? I don't know. Because why not? Everything's haunted down here. It makes sense that it would be. A lot of things are haunted back here. Yeah. My podcast mic is definitely haunted. I mean, it looks haunted. It looks like it's going to literally catch on fire, maybe. Unfortunately, (laughs) Roxy, unfortunately, it's haunted by the... (laughs) It's unfortunately haunted by the ghost that gave Dan Aykroyd a blowjob in Ghostbusters. What? So, uh, I mean, it's not... (laughs) What? Do you know about this? No, what? Is there an implied scene where something like that happens? Roxy, Are I you... don't think it's implied. I don't remember. I only seen it's Ghostbusters once. Happen? I feel like he like is in the library and there's like a haunted ghost lady and she like goes down on him and then it's just like a shot of his face and his like eyes cross because he's getting such a good blowjob. Oh my god, you you must be joking. You, <laughs> no, you're just you're <laughs> no, this with is me, real. Aren't you? Okay, which Ghostbusters was this? Is Ghostbusters one. one? Oh my god. <laughs> if that is real, this makes me want to rewatch that movie tonight because I have not seen that movie since I was a child and I definitely would not have registered what the hell was going on when I was the age in which I saw this movie. That's horrifying. Great kids classic. Yeah, people true. like it. I'll just send I you don't a quick, like that. I'll just send you a quick decider article. Oh my god, there is there's an article about this. Yeah, it's the headline is so that happened. Dan Aykroyd got a blowjob from a ghost in Ghostbusters. Yeah, and then the, here's the no. the shot I'm thinking of. He just like crosses his eyes because I don't know. Clearly, Who Dan Aykroyd has never gotten a blowjob. For that, wow this this clip. Okay, we'll we'll send this to our editor and we can put it in the show notes so you guys can see this. But also, you can just literally type it into Google. This is a wow. In the same way that. The actor who played Adam was so in character that he was the one who suggested the baby transform with the flower. Dan Aykroyd was so in character that he said, what if I got a blowjob from that ghost? And then I look like a cartoon character when it happened. Uh, this is uh, maybe off topic. This is wild. One of my We're favorite. We're already in it. We're already in We're it. In it. it. We're in it, Roxy. <laughs> uh, one, of my <laughs> one of my favorite football writers was just followed on Twitter by the band Eve Six. Do you remember the band Eve Six? Uh, I'm sure if I heard one of their songs, I'd be like, I have heard that before, but I cannot place them, the name with the band. They're the band who went, uh, I would swallow my pride, I would choke on the rind, but the lack oh, thereof okay. would leave me empty inside. Yeah, that's, um, And that's, that's also the song where he school. goes, wanna put my tender hot in a blender, watch it spin around yeah. in a beautiful movie. Um, so, all this is to say, today on uh-huh. my Twitter feed, I was getting tons of retweets from the guy who, who runs the Eve 6 Twitter, who I assume is just you follow the Eve 6 guy. Them? No, because I just follow the one sports writer and he was retweeting them. And one of the tweets was, I was literally a virgin when I wrote the heart in a blender song. (laughs) Really? Yes. And so that's what's got me thinking that like the way Dan Aykroyd is looking in this ghost (laughs) blowjob scene, (laughs) it, it tells me that he was literally a virgin when they filmed this scene. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the way a cartoon character would react. To Get a blowjob. Yeah, you remember that it's famous like Elmer Fudd cartoon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how, what you would think if you try and picture that. That's what that looks like. That's uh, yeah. 
Roxy, thank God the demon bot is marching over here to end this conversation. Yes, demon bot, please save us so we don't have to talk about Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob anymore. I am done. As uncouth as it may be, this discussion turned out to be a fortuitous segue as next week, you must watch the 1975 film Jaws directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, and Bruce the Shark. If you do not, your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. Okay, okay we Jaws, can... Mikey, let's talk about Jaws now instead of the thing we were talking about before. <laughs> we can watch Jaws. There's a shark. It's very scary. Shark, yeah, I can do that. Let's talk about sharks. Obviously, we have to make a bet for Jaws, Roxy, yes. going into next week. Okay. Here's my pitch. All right. At what timestamp does the famous, we're going to need a bigger boat line occur in Jaws? What time in the movie oh. does the famous bigger boat line occur? Okay, I wish I could remember how long this movie is total, because it would probably help me make a guess, because I feel like it's kind of halfway through. So I'm just going to guess 45 minutes, 45 minutes. What about you? I, I feel like I remember it being at the end, or towards the okay. end, so I'm going to say an hour and 35 minutes in. Gosh, how long is this movie? Okay, I guess I guess we'll find out. Yeah, um, I honestly don't remember. I, I saw this movie when I was like a kid, so I don't remember. Tons. Yeah, same. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. Whoever is closer to the time when the line were going to need a bigger boat is said shall be declared the winner. The loser must read the novel the film is based on including the subplot where Hooper has an affair with Brody's wife for no narrative reason. All right, so we've been talking about some absolutely horrifying things. <laughs> recently let's talk about something that's making us happy mikey what is uh making you happy this week well roxy this week what's making me happy is the video game horizon forbidden west you uh oh. you play in this game you hear this game uh, i played a good chunk of the first game it is absolutely beautiful sadly didn't beat it but i would love to go back to it so you're talking about the uh the sequel correct the that, sequel like, just yeah came out this, this week to date came the out recording but that's fine <laughs> Yeah, it came out a little bit ago. Horizon Forbidden West, I was not a huge fan of the first game. I did own it and tried it, and it, for whatever reason, just didn't click with me. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I was just finally in the mood for a big open world game like this. And you play as a lady who has a bow and arrow, and you go out and you fight robot dinosaurs, which is a cool yeah. thing to say out loud. But the way your bow and arrow feels with, like, the PlayStation 5 controller is very good. Oh, okay, that's right. It's a... PS5 it's game. super tactile, but also just, like, it's so satisfying to fight big robot dinosaurs and to, like, slow down time and find their weak spot and blow off their points of armor with mm -hmm. your big fat arrows. It's a very fun game. The story is the absolute best, all-time greatest mediocre story I've ever heard. It, oh, is like, right. it is, like, at the tippy top of the second tier of stories. And... I'm liking it just uh, Yeah, fine. I think that was definitely one of the barriers for me, I think. Like, I like this story enough, but didn't, like, love it, Yeah, I guess. So so I I can understand that assessment. That makes sense. But, yeah. so, I mean, Fighting I guess for the first dinosaurs. one. So, so the second one, the second one you're saying is the storyline yeah. feels like that, too. Okay. So, like, yep. more of the same. Very much more of the same. Uh, yeah, so it's, like, very solid, I guess. Is what it's it fun like. to fight robot dinosaurs is what's making me happy this week. How about you? Yay. What's great in your life? Similarly, I am also playing a video game that made me very happy, which they came out with the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. 
Ooh, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like on Steam and mobile and stuff. Not on console, which is the weirdest thing to have Final Fantasy VI, famous PlayStation game, <laughs> at least from my childhood. I guess SNES was the first one. Was that the Super but, Nintendo one? Yes, yeah. Okay. So uh, Final Fantasy VI, which for a lot of people is like their favorite one of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know like about the characters and stuff, but had never actually played the game before. So my first experience was trying to play it on a Game Boy cartridge, uh, Game Boy Advance. I bought off of like eBay and it was like some sort of cheap <laughs> knockoff that I could not <laughs> save the game on. So uh, I have very vivid memories of like getting really far before going into seeing a movie with my parents. And then I like, okay, I was like, I turn it off. Can't wait to play this in the car ride home after the movie. Tried it and then it had not saved any of my progress. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not playing this anymore. I so remember when go. you... um. When you showed me you had your Game Boy Advance and you opened it up and you clicked it on and you're like, Mikey, check it out. This is uh, Final Fantasy VI. And it was like, oh, welcome to Blinal Fantasy VI. And I was like, Roxy, I don't know about this. And you're like, it's fine. It's fine. And then you wrapped yourself in a blanket and shook. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Thanks for reminding me, Mikey. That was a really great time in my life. <laughs> Everything was just perfect. <laughs> I'm making good life choices, buying things from eBay with mysterious uh, origins. Yeah, I remember I went to drive you to pick up your car from the mechanic, and they were like, oh, it's going to be $1,300, and you wrapped yourself in a blanket and went, it's fine, it's fine. So I deal with any <laughs> trauma or any problem. This is yeah. what everybody knows about me. Yeah, you, you wrapped make yourself sure in a blanket, blanket. shake. That, that's why I always wear a blanket like a cape everywhere I go, so just in case I need it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I started playing that on Twitch, which was really great because a lot of people like came into the chat and were telling me about like their first experience playing it. Some people had played it like on the Super Nintendo and everything. And it is a charming game, Mikey. It is a very charming game. I like it a lot so far. I understand why it's people's favorite. I'm going to continue playing it this week. Um, and I really wish it was the game that Square Enix was paying attention to to give it a full HD remake mm. like they did with Final Fantasy VII. I think it would benefit a lot from it. Maybe someday, but for now, we got Pixel Remaster, and I'm having a fun time with that. Great. I love it. I love that you got that game. Roxy, each week, the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door to keep us from escaping. And yet, each week, we still escape. We're good at our jobs. This week, I brought something that is going to help us get past the guardsmen of the basement. Okay. And check it out. What is it? Nunchucks. Okay. Singular? Just the one. Just the one pair of nunchucks. I'm going to swing it around. And I'm going to hit him in the head. Are you ready? Uh, okay. I'm going to stand away from you. I don't know how trained you are with that. But okay. uh, not very. Yeah, I didn't think so based on those moves, but. Okay. Wasn't going to say it. I'm just going to go up the stairs, open the basement door. Roxy, the boss is the big clam boss from Donkey Kong Country. Oh, Okay, if it's a clam, it's not very agile, right? I, I haven't actually played this game. What Do you know the strat? Absolutely, I do. Here's why the Is nunchucks are perfect. Nunchucks? Okay. The nunchucks can slide right in between its clam shells and hit it in the clam muscle. Okay, this is a sweet spot. Yep, here we go. Okay. 